Welcome to the Reading Made Delicious podcast, where you discover insights and actionable tips to help your child with reading and early learning. Begin to get the tools you'll need to help them on their unique learning journey and feel confident you're doing enough to support them with your host, Sarah Travers. Helping your child with learning to read is a challenge for us all because they are all on different parts of the journey and it's sometimes difficult to know where to start because although there are milestones and expected ways that children are going to learn to read, just because that's an expectation doesn't necessarily mean that's what your child is doing. And although we put things to age-related expectations, each child is on their own individual journey, so we need to look really closely at what they are doing and what their needs are. So in this episode, I'm going to take you through a guided assessment so you can work out roughly where your child is working. Of course, this is just a rough guided assessment. It cannot be taken for an exact exactly where your child is working. You still need to be looking at your individual child's reading and this is just a bit of a disclaimer without actually looking at your child's individual reading it's just a guideline rather than a specific advice and to be taken as as golden so just uh, it is a rough, rough rough guessing and you know your child better than anyone else so just put i put that at the beginning so inside of each of my recipes at part of reading made delicious i actually include a quick five minute assessment that you can do with your child to work out how they can get the best out of the recipes that are included. But it also not just has helped you with the recipes, it gives you an idea of what else it is that they need to be working on for their reading. So it's all intertwined. The recipes really give a practical way that you can be helping your child with learning to read. But working out, because I do several different levels of them, working out where to start, I know it can be a bit of a, a bit of a challenge. So there is a quick guided assessment in as well that you can be doing with your child that has words to try with them and kind of puts them into rough categories there as well. But in this today, we're going to go through several steps which almost guide that guided assessment of getting it a little bit better. There, guide, 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 guide. Anyway, so let's start with step one of this assessment. So the first thing we're going to look at is the simple view of reading. This is where we are looking at your child's reading and we're working out whether they there are the four quadrants and I will pop a copy of the simple view of reading in the show notes and I have got another episode all about the simple view of reading which I'll also link as well. I think it's like episode two or three of the Reading Made Delicious podcast where so the simple view of reading is divided into quadrants and it's looking at your child's decoding skills against the comprehension skills basically and the ultimate goal they go from having poor comprehension and poor decoding and we want them to have good comprehension and good decoding basically that's the path that different children grow on slightly different paths so you're going to look at that and think about where about your child would be within that now in some assessments they will say actually going through a list of different sight words or words that they can read see how many words they can read from the list of different lists that you can take it from and they vary depending on your part of the world and also on the different schemes that your child might be following and you can go through the little words and work out roughly where they are 
So that's a simple view of reading. That's what we're going to look at for can they decode words? Are they at the like that phase or are they actually more comprehension phase? So then we're moving on then to step two. If they are still at the decoding stage, we need to work out whereabouts it is that they are in that decoding stage and what it is that we need to be supporting them with. So the first stage we're going to look at is, is it still single sounds that they are working on? So can they sound out each letter of the alphabet, not in order, using the sound? So not doing the C, the D, the E, or the Z, or the W. Really hard to speak a letter. Doing the, and I am, I do sometimes find, and I think I said this yesterday, that sometimes the microphone doesn't always pick up sounds. So I have got like, D, W, and what was the other one I said? The, so you want sounds and hopefully that pick that up instead of letters. Can they say those? And try not to do them in order just because they might be a, picking a pattern, particularly if they are trying, if you're also trying to get them to do letter names, then it gets a bit, they're working at a pattern rather than the sound. Not so much with the sound, but more that is more if you're trying to see letters and say names well. But focus first on can they do the single sounds before we do anything else. So, and if they can do the single sounds, they then move on to the next step. So then the step number three, so we've looked at simple rereading, looked at decoding um, single sounds. Then have a think if they are doing okay with single sounds, let's then have a look at more their blending. Can they blend words together? So although they may be able to say the sounds, can they put simple sounds together? And then looking within this, the phonemic and phonological awareness. So are they able to rhyme words? Are they able to do some form of letter substitution? So this is where at the very beginning you might actually work out, this is why we go back to the simple view reading and maybe even taking through some word letter lists to work out where they are. So looking at rhyme, letter substitution, can they take the word cat? Can they change the C to a H to make it hat? Using letter sounds, but as I think I always say, for some reason, the microphone never picks up the sounds rather than words and it dismisses up all the recordings that I do. Let's have a look at that. This area particularly is also an area where you will find children with dyslexia or you're thinking if they are struggling with this and they have been learning to read for a while, this is a real area to focus on and look at because it could be an indicator of dyslexia if they have been learning to read a while. So have a look into that, that set there, phonemic and phonological awareness. So once you've had a look at those very, very first skills, we then can move on to step four. Have you ever been told that a great learning experience for children is to cook or bake with them? The thought of doing that turns to what about all the messes and how long is it going to take and how can they actually be learning with it? As a mum, I know how frustrating it can be to put everything in and the fear of the crazes of little children loose in the kitchen. That's why I've been putting together an ultimate guide to using recipes to help support your child with learning to read. Using recipes with your little cook or baker can take this learning to new levels and it can make reading fun, purposeful and delicious. Inside the guide, I show all my tricks and tips that I've used in the classroom and with my own child. Fully using recipes for an authentic and holistic way to not only spot learning to read, but math skills, life skills, and so much more. 
Imagine being able to have quality time with your child in the kitchen with the peace of mind that they are getting some vital reading practice in at the same time. Step away from dreading getting the books out or having to convince them to sit down and give it a go and learn a whole host of skills for life in the process. If you're ready for a fresh way of learning to read, get the ultimate guide for using recipes to help your child with learning to read today by visiting www.readingmadedelicious.com or by following the link in the podcast description and have it sent to your inbox in a couple of minutes. Now let's get back to the episode. How are they with digraphs? You're starting off with a consonant digraphs. Oh, sh. S-H-C-H-T-H. If that has a bit depth. How are they getting on with those? Are they able to use them in words? Are they able to identify that it's not just single sounds now, that it, they are a unit of sound, a phoneme, but made up, that the grapheme, how that is made up? So how are they able to recognise that? Because moving on from single sounds then into digraphs, recognizing that they are sounds, not just individual sounds, but they um, there are units of sounds um, which are made up by multiple letters and our digraphs is a step for children to make. And once you've worked out how they are with the consonant digraphs, then we're moving into this big area where many, 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 many children get stuck, which is the vowel digraphs. Now, this is when you're looking at it in different ways with vowel digraphs. There are different ways you can do this. So if your phonic, the phonic scheme that your child is working at, they might be in phase four or phase five, I believe, if they are doing some of the UK-based ones. Or this is also if you're following Read, Write, Ink. This is three sounds. So it's um, taking all those vowel digraphs so two letters one sound and looking at all the different ways that they can be all the different graphemes and looking at those vowels first because there's so many of them and so many different ways of writing in them that and also then applying it it just gets confusing for children sometimes so you might choose to put them into different there's a vowel chart and divide them into the six different syllable types so a closed vowel pattern, so when it's closed inside of a vowel, so that would be like our short sound, so our e, e, o, o. Or if it's an open one at the end of a word, so it may make the e sound, the i sound, it tends to be e. <laughs> i sound of like but if it's at the end of that, that when you, also when you split open a word as well. We have our r-controlled ones, so the r, e, the, and the other <laughs> A-R-I-R, E-R, those, those ones are two vowels. So E with an E-A, the A, the A-Y, it's also Y currents as a vowel as well, doesn't it? Are split digraphs. They're always fun ones, aren't they? With that E at the end, changing things up for the other uh, vowel. The consonant um, L-E pattern as well. So they are, if you want to use a vowel pattern chart, they are the vowel patterns that you can put them into. That was quite technical, wasn't it? <laughs> It is one of those, like, it took me a little while to get my head around it. Once I understood it, I was like, ah, we can divide it more into six patterns rather than all these different graphemes that you can learn. And it's, yeah, it can be a bit, I find it a bit much even when I'm teaching it sometimes. Like, it gets 
so many different ones. Yes, that's about pattern chart. If you've not heard of that, and um, syllable types, it, it might help you out. It covers, I think it works out about, it covers about 70% of words. It doesn't cover them all, and there's all lots of debates as to whether you should use it or not, but um, it's a little trick you can use. So once you've got the hang of the vowels, there are then, if we want to set fires, there are other graphemes. So these are ones where the three latest ones sound don't always come up as regularly. So ones like PH making a sound. Why is that one coming to my head? I don't know why that one's coming to my head. So a soft G in a soft a soft G in a hard G, a soft C in a hard C. So like the J at the beginning of giraffe instead of a G at the beginning of gate. And a soft C, which I've gone blank on, like circle making a S sound rather than making so those different kind of ones coming up as well, they are more with the next stage. So once you've got through all of the different vowels and the different phonics, and your mind's completely spinning probably by now, if you're still with me, the next stage you look at is um, step six, which is our fluency. So fluency, the aim of the game is this one, is to stop our children being like robots, stop them doing, moving on from, I shouldn't say stop them, moving on from doing word, sound by sound by sound, then just being able to read word by word, 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 word. And basically read a sentence without having to sound every single word. There will be always, obviously, unfamiliar words that they'll come across and they will issue their sound. But moving through that and beginning to get intonation and stopping at term punctuation and using that punctuation to, to support our reading. So that's fluency. And there are other things that are going into that. But that is the next goal once we have got the hang of all the phonics stages. So in our fluency, we are then moving in to the biggest one of all, which will continue way when they're learning to read. Um, sorry, when they are like the actual learning to read stage. This is when they're now moving on to read and learn. This is comprehension. This is understanding what they have read. Now we will do this at a very basic level whilst they are picking up all the phonic sounds, beginning to get the decoding, we will begin to get an understanding, but comprehension and going in so much deeper, that becomes the main focus once they have mastered reading. And then comprehension is used across the entire, everything they're learning. I mean, we're using comprehension all the time now, if you think about it, every day you're reading, you're understanding what you're reading. And that's that was like the big step and the big focus it becomes. Within all of that as well, we have vocabulary. So this is one in its own little, little thing. Because different children's level of vocabulary will be different. And a lot of it comes on when read to them, what the world knowledge, a little bit, the background knowledge, I should say. And the more different words they're exposed to, the easier your decoding and phonics becomes. And also then your comprehension becomes. Children who are more familiar with are more likely to be able to read a word. If they have it in their background knowledge, they're more likely to be able to pick it up and they get reading it. So vocabulary is one there that if all these other things are going okay, but it might be actually vocabulary we need to focus on. That's one that's a little bit separate. I hope that made sense to you. It was a bit of a quick whistle-stop tour of how you can do a guided assessment because there's a lot that can go into reading. As I said at the, at the beginning of the episode, including on each of my recipes, well, included in the recipes are... A quick assessment for you to do with your child, which takes like five minutes if they are, they have some different words. So you can put them into 
make a decision on what recipes you're going to choose because there are three levels for the recipes perfecting phonics victorious of vowels and fabulously fluent and within each of those i know then can be hard to know which recipe level to choose so i have put a little assessment and give you an idea of actually what it is they're struggling with so you can grab that inside the recipes but also you can grab the if you grab the free guide, then that will lead you through to the recipes and how you can use them as well to get the best out of them. And you can find that over at www.readingmadedelicious.com. There's several links on there. The, uh, on the very homepage, there is a big button that says get the get the guide. So you can click on that one there. So let's just quickly go through the several steps that you can take for helping get an idea of where your child is working for reading this quick guided assessment so step one look at the simple view of reading and step two look at their decoding and their single sounds how are they are they able to do the single sounds not in order step three have a little think about their phonological and phonemic awareness how are they are they able to rhyme words are they able to do letter substitution particularly if you have concerns that they may have dyslexia this is the big one to have a little look at step four how are they with diagraphs that's our two letters, one sound, or tried us, our three letters, one sound. Let's start with our consonant of digress. So, sounds, CH, SH, TH sounds. And then moving on to the vowels, which is a really big area where there are so many graphemes and quite a few sounds as well that we need to know. And that's where it can all, they all start to get a little bit tripped up there and have to do quite a bit of practice with picking up more words and extend that there. And then looking on step five, there's some of the other graphemes which aren't included in the vowel patterns. And then moving on to fluency, thinking about intonation and uh, children aren't reading like robots. <laughs> and then step seven, which is our comprehension step, which is the biggest step once we have mastered all of the learning to read episodes and we move on to reading to learn. And we'll be using comprehension across the curriculum, across all the learning. And then also you may have a little thing about vocabulary as well because that comes across the whole stages and whole steps that we've been learning. Um, have a great day, everyone. I hope that this assessment can help you work out where your child is working for reading. Thank you for listening. I hope that you can take something away that will help your child's learning. Head over to the show notes of this episode at readingmadedelicious.com forward slash podcast where you find anything mentioned today. Have a great day and happy learning with your child.